It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. You're gifted this wonderful story about your family. Yeah, the best bit already with you. Right, right. And, and it kind of makes up for whatever bullshit you had to put up with for having him as your dad. You yes. with a herd of humans. I mean, I mean that's kind of like the... Well, wouldn't that be like the gift for the comedian? Is that yeah. the stuff that you've already got? Like, wow, you're so lucky to... Well, I always, tell, I always tell writers that writers never have a bad day because anything that happens is a story yeah. you know if you get arrested yeah. in mexico okay you have a few really shitty days uh-huh. in a mexican jail but you have a life so long story you have a great story right there is uh my favorite music artist is ben folds okay yeah uh but he paired with nick hornby who's one of oh, my yeah. favorite authors uh-huh. and there's a song called uh doc pomus who wrote a bunch of songs okay. for elvis and all of that but he kind of gives this description of they're in this in this restaurant in this fancy hotel, you know, and all of these horse pimps and Marxists are mm-hmm. all there. Everybody's there, and then somebody gets shot. And there's a line, Doc looks down, eating his linguine, thinking up a lyric in his head. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is so perfect. Absolutely. So you, you like to write, then, too. Yeah, I've made my living as a writer. That's amazing. Yeah. Are you from here? No, I grew up in San Francisco. Okay. My Why wife, are you here? My wife is from Ohio. <laughs> okay. And I was able to take an early pension from the Writers Guild. I was a television writer for 25 years or whatever, 20 oh years, gosh. I guess. Wow. And so I took an early pension, and yeah. we moved out here. What did you write for TV? Uh, Ellen, uh, The Drew Carey Show, um, Two Guys and a Girl, Real Time with Bill Maher. Oh, my gosh. A lot of shows, probably about How hard shows. is it to come up with material? Because you're, I mean, there's a group, right? Of writers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you work on a, you know, in a conference yeah. table. Um, coming up with material is, is like anything. It's, it's you know, especially when you're working on a, on a sitcom, um, especially then, like in yeah. the 90s, when there were a lot of sitcoms, mm-hmm. um, the hard part is kind of finding a lane I mean, that's why, I mean, I loved writing. I wrote on Ellen the year after she came out, and that was great because we had virgin territory. No one had ever written about a lesbian before, you know, and it was, like, awesome. We could, you know, in fact, uh, someone who works for the Human Rights Campaign in D.C. a few years ago called and said, did you know that you're, like, you're, like, in our timeline of, like, milestones in really? gay history and it was like why awesome. was it, you wrote the first gay dating episode in network television history and i was like oh i didn't know that that was awesome <laughs> well, that was what early 90s no mid 99 i think oh, was, it really? maybe. was it that late yeah, oh my god probably 98 i think wow, wow. okay and it's, it's just... remarkable what had i mean we were getting bomb threats we probably got bomb threats a dozen times oh that gosh. season wow. you know and uh, Disney, uh, which owned ABC, hated that they had the gay show, you know. Um, and so they were doing everything they could to shut us down. But all of a sudden, the show was a hit. It was 
okay before yeah. that, but yeah. with her whole coming out thing, right? Huge. It's huge. I remember that episode. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of those. Yeah. Like, in fact, yeah. I gave Ellen the line that she still uses occasionally, which was uh, that. Uh, um, she's the lesbian formerly known as Ellen. <laughs> you know, because uh, that was also around the time yeah. Prince became the yeah. whatever the artist formerly known. Oh yeah, but, the symbol. Uh, right. <laughs> that was um, just weird. I, I didn't follow that one. Very, very well. weird. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so I worked on a bunch of I you know stand up and then found a way to make money. How did you it. did you start off as a stand up then? Uh yeah, yeah. I mean I went to school for political science but uh <laughs> um, and, have, and have always worked in politics too yeah. we can talk about that i yeah, yeah. worked on capitol hill uh oh but i started doing stand-up really just as a hobby and it wasn't really until i moved to la in the yeah. late 80s and actually literally I, I got booked on the tonight show and nbc sends a limo and, and it was wow. in the limo on the way to <laughs> NBC to do my first Tonight Show when I real when I thought, I guess this is what I do. Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm a comedian yeah. now. It, it always felt like a hobby. Well, you know, like as an actor yeah. too, it's always like, like oh, you don't okay. ever really expect it to, you know, be your no. bread and butter. And so it was like, okay, huh, you know, but still That's wasn't crazy. making any money at it. You know, I, I got six hundred dollars for oh, the Tonight Show. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> But, we artists make nothing. No, right. No. Right. But it's that is, I mean, something, the Tonight Show for a comedian, especially back then, yeah. was the stamp of approval. No one could mm -hmm. ever question whether I was a comedian or right. not. Right. Because I did the Tonight How Show. How was that you know. experience? Oh, was it scary? Awesome. Yeah, but performing is scary. It's why well, you yeah. do it, right? Yeah, right? That's the whole point. We might, it might go horribly <laughs> might wrong. Awful. Right, right. <laughs> Um, and sometimes it does, and, yeah. and you know. Um, and then you've got a story to tell about it on stage. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, it was, it was so, I mean, it was by far my parents were in the audience, and, wow. and it, I mean, it was. So that was still fact, Carson, wasn't it? No, it was no? Jay Leno's oh, first year. Oh, wow. Okay. And the Jay, in fact, right before I went on stage, came backstage and said, uh, you know, right before I went out. In fact, William Shatner was the first guest. Oh my gosh. And uh, he, during the commercial break, he comes out and he says, uh, and you know, the people are saying, okay, you've got six and a half minutes. We're gonna give you this sign at one and this blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Jay goes, leave the guy alone. Hey, you're funny, I'm funny. If I'm not talking, you should be talking. You do your damn act and anything these people tell you, don't let them get in your head. And then he said, the only thing I want you to think of when you walk out on stage, I want you to tell me who didn't who didn't believe in you when you were starting out. And I said, Dan Harris, the owner of the Comedy Cafe in Washington, D.C., told me I would never be funny. And he said, so when that curtain opens, the only thought in your head should be, fuck you, Dan Harris. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny when I watch a tape of myself uh, occasionally, <laughs> As the curtain opens, I'm laughing because that's what I'm saying in my head. <laughs> you should walk out like I know. <laughs> no, but but you know because Jay is a a comic, you yeah. know, forever. I mean, he knows he right. knows what a comedian needs to hear. It doesn't yeah. mean to remember your set or you yeah. know it's it's break leg. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's whatever you know. So wow, when was the first time you tried stand up? Well, high school talent show. <laughs> But I think I did, uh, 
mostly stuff off Steve Martin's album. Oh, <laughs> it did not yeah. fit me at all. I was not a wild and crazy guy. You know? um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, high school a little bit, and then a little bit in college. I was in, grew up in San Francisco, so there was yeah. a comedy scene. Yeah. Um, but you studied political science. Yeah. What did you want to do initially with that in mind? Be president. Okay. <laughs> Why else do you Can study? you please? Actually, no. <laughs> California governor was probably what I really wanted to be. Okay. Yes, I worked in politics. Though my Wow. You know, I did, like, theater in high school. Yeah. And then once I kind of got into college and was really involved in politics, I just felt like I didn't... I mean, I, I didn't have time to do theater anymore. Yeah. Um, so really kind of did stand up as like, well, let me try this. Mm-hmm. And I was horrible, <laughs> but that's kind of the point of being yeah. a comedian. I mean, you're, it, it's really hard yeah. when you start out. And then I, after college, I moved to D.C. Okay. To, be, to hopefully get a job on Capitol Hill, and I didn't get a job. Okay. And uh, there was a club there that gave you a, a beer and a bowl of chili if you did five minutes on open mic. And I was like, all right, I should do this. I've done this. And a bowl of chili. That was like their, their bar okay. food. Okay. I think technically that's when you become a professional. So they start compensating. That was my first conversation, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chili. Yeah. And it, was, uh, it just so happened to be... Uh, mid '80s uh-huh. when the comedy boom was was taken yeah, off, yeah. and so it's a very rare time in a performer's in, for a performer when there are more jobs than there are talent. Yeah, that, when does that ever happen for us? <laughs> right, you know, and, and and that's what it was. It was like there was a, there was kind of this cadre of headliners from uh-huh. New York and Los Angeles, but there were no opening acts that were any good. There really? were a few. Yeah. yeah. And so suddenly there was just a lot of demand mm-hmm. for for me. Yeah. You know, and so I started almost immediately started I mean making horrible money, but at least some money. <laughs> yeah. But traveling all over the country. Oh wow. Um just like on the circuit tours kind of thing. Yeah. So there were a couple like really great clubs that I got to work, but there was also this these one-nighters uh it was called the comedy zone and it was one-nighters mostly in the south okay and you would do like uh bars like wednesday thursday night and then you would do like the the lounge at a holiday in friday and saturday okay and you'd get these tours and that's really where i learned how to do comedy and oh. and because and be a, really be a comedy writer because uh, I just bombed hard there. I mean, I was really good in D.C. Yeah. for a local guy, and then I went, but I was, um, you know, I was a Catholic kid from San Francisco, mm-hmm. and the first time I went on stage in Alabama, and people didn't, there were no Catholics. And yeah. when they said I was from San Francisco, the audience just started yelling, faggot, <laughs> you know? So and I was like, wow. oh, shit. <laughs> And so um, I remember just bombing bad for like three shows in a row, and it yeah. was just horrible. It was just like 
living in a constant panic attack, you know, uh -huh. and I finally decided it's not the audience's job to find me funny. It's my job to make them laugh. I've yeah. got to figure something out here. And okay. I went and really, really worked for the first time, really worked at, on my act and, yeah. and writing material that yeah. was universal and mining stories from my own life, uh -huh. you know, like, okay, what were the worst, most embarrassing thing that mm -hmm. happened to me as a kid? Yeah. You know, and yeah. so, um, it, it, and you know, little by little, it, it kind of took off, but, uh, wow. yeah. It's ironic you say that. You said that was Alabama? Yes, Dothan, Alabama was the, was, huh. um, and years later I had a horrible experience in Birmingham as well, but wow. yeah. Um, when I volunteered for a, a Christian home repair organization in, in high school, we uh -huh. met a group from Alabama. Okay. And this girl comes up and she goes, oh, y'all from Ohio, I know how to talk like y'all. What's up with you guys? <laughs> We're like. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Swing She's like, aren't, aren't y'all in gangs? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. And then somebody else was like, oh, it's just a bunch of corn there. So we, of course, then created the corn gang. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre how generalizations happen. Well, and, and it was more so than I think now with between the internet yeah. and cable and everything, we, we've become more homogenous, which yes. is good in some ways, but it, bad in other ways. I liked the idea that when you went to Alabama, you would eat at the local diner that had Alabama food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I kind of enjoyed that. I do too. It wasn't like, no, no, we just go to Olive Garden and mm -hmm. Chipotle, whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, I, I, and it wasn't to me so much regional as it was, you know, I used to say, if I walked into a club and there were, you know, more than 10 guys wearing hats, I was in trouble. <laughs> you know, whether it was a ball cap, but you're in like a, you're in a nightclub, you don't, yeah. you know, back then especially. Right. Um, but again, early on in my career, I talked myself out of good shows because I would walk in and judge the audience right mm -hmm. off the bat. Yeah. And I, I would, you know, had to go back and channel my high school drama teacher who said, you know, you advertise the show. Yeah. It's your responsibility to entertain mm -hmm. these people. Yep. It, it, you know, they, they have absolutely no responsibility mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it took me a while to, to do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, the great thing about stand-up comedy, the, the good thing and the bad thing is that you share credit with nobody. If you're, yeah. if you're great, you're great. Yeah. I, I wrote it. I directed it. It's all me. It's all you. And if I, I suck, I suck. <laughs> I, it, you know, it's not the audience's right. fault. It's right. not the guy before me or whatever. It's yeah. the club. It's no, it's you. me. Just you. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's Are you able to be clinical about that at all? Like, is that something you can kind of, I don't know, like get your emotions out of that particular oh, situation? Me. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm, I, I am, a, you know. So I know some comedians can kind of divorce themselves from that, and some still like... I try to learn from it. Yeah. But my go-to emotion is panic attack, usually, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to performing, you know, get off stage. Yeah. And, I mean, I could I could do... I did a show in uh, outside of New Orleans last year with one of my best friends, and I did an hour 
long show. Oh my gosh. 55 minutes of which was the best I've ever done. Wow. I killed. But I got stage, it was only that five that minutes five that minutes. they didn't laugh. It was, I, I got into politics and it was a very conservative crowd and they shut down. But then immediately after it, I got them back. Yeah. But when I got off stage, I was like, I was you forgot about sweating and I was yeah. like, God damn it. I, you know, and, and everyone in the audience was like, yeah. you were great, man. What yeah. are you, even, the, even the stuff we didn't laugh yeah. at, we appreciated, yeah. you know. Get that imposter syndrome thing happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. most artists. I, yeah, absolutely. 100%. You know, yeah. you have one. You get one line in one part, in or one if scene of the show, or flat on yeah. one note, and you're like, "Oh God, why am I even doing this?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> why did I choose this career? Right. <laughs> oh, right. 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 Yes. No, I've yeah. never done or said that before. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I think because I have known comedians, not good comedians, but I've known comedians who always think they kill, mm. and you know, you'll do, you, you know, open mic at the Funny Bone, and someone yeah. will go up and and be horrible and come off and go, I killed. And you're like, ah, no. <laughs> killed who? You did not. Right. But there are those people who just have that That's... idea that they are the best. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you need some, you you got to be, I mean, you don't want to be too tough on yourself, right. but you need to be. You know. be critical to see. Well, how do you improve as an artist if you don't know what you're not doing the right way? Right. Yeah. And I mean. You have to learn from that, and yeah. you don't get good by just walking up on stage and saying "nailed it," you know. No, and especially well, yeah. <laughs> nailed it. That's all I do. <laughs> well, and you know the idea, like when you see someone who is on stage and you say, "God, they're effortless." It's mm -hmm. like that's because they're working, working hard. really hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I've seen. Uh, you know, James Taylor is one of those people, when you see him on stage, it looks mm. like he is phoning it in, and it's so wonderful. Mm. And then you hear interviews with him, and he says, you know, 10,000 shows into my career, I still doubt myself every yeah. time I walk on stage. Yeah. You know? I heard like, Paul McCartney from, say something right. similar to that. Like, I mean, at, at his age, saying, it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I still feel like someone's going to walk through the door anytime and say, Jigs up, you're you're terrible at well, this. Well, you know, yeah. the thing that really changed my life, I'm a big John Steinbeck fan, and mm -hmm. I read uh, one of his books, it's called Journal of a Novel, and it's uh, the diary he kept while writing The Grapes of Wrath. Oh, wow. And in it, it's all self-doubt. It's like, wow. this is the book that's going to reveal that I'm a fraud. I have no Jeez. right to write this book, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I'm horrible, I'm lazy, you know, I, I wish I could write like Hemingway, but I can't, uh, you know, and that was life changing for me. That was like, yeah. oh, man, yeah. if John Steinbeck questions yeah. him, then maybe I should cut myself some slack. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Um, but we don't. I mean, it's, you right? know, that's. Well, it's like it's easy to say I'm going to cut myself some slack. And then as soon as you're in that moment where you have that yeah. that voice in your head that's going, what are you doing? Then. All right. over. Yeah. Well, and I don't think you you go into the arts unless you have that voice in your head. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. Right. You know, to be doing this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm. Uh, but the other thing I always tell writers, it's it, I say it so much now, it's become a cliche, is that the <laughs> only way to be a good writer is to allow yourself to be a horrible writer. Mm. You know, yeah. that, that when I write a first draft, I call it my barf draft, and it's just, <laughs> blah, just get it out on the page. Get it out. It doesn't, there's no 
No one's going to read it except me. Mm-hmm. Get it out, get it out. Yeah. All of it. And then you go back and rewrite. And, you know. And start pushing the chunks of the barf around. Right. Know? And find, okay, this stuff is wow. no good. Oh, but this is good. But this maybe should go here. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, someone else told me early on in my writing career that uh, we write for free. We get paid for rewrites. Uh, and it That's was a, a really point. good thing that the, the hard rewriting is mm. the work part of it. Uh-huh. Yes. The putting the story down the first time is fun. Uh-huh. That's storytelling. The rest of yeah. it is labor. Yeah. Um, but, wow. but yeah, I, I think it's, so it's both being self-critical and cutting yourself some slack. Acknowledging yeah. that the self-criticism right. is just the thing we do. Yeah. And don't, you know. Yeah. But, this is all good stuff. So, I wrote a I wrote a play. Okay. It was intended to be a one act. I wrote the first draft, and then I had some people read it, and then I didn't touch it because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was scared. Because right. <laughs> it's like I don't. They ask the questions. I'm like, I I I don't know. I haven't thought that through. So I literally just put it aside. I picked it back up last night. Oh great! I'm still scared, but um, it's. That that to me is the scary part of it, like the rewrites and figuring out when there are holes. Like, how do I fill that and not just make it fluff and not right? Just, yeah, right. And 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 then we also, you know, all of us have that. Well, I think good writers anyway are, are always wondering if if what we're doing is cliche or it's been done before. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes the best stuff. You think, oh, someone else had to have thought of this. It's uh, too yeah, brilliant. Right. That's, I'm yes. not, you know. No, I agree. Right. And, and we do that all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's good. I mean, nowadays, in the in the days of the internet, you can actually you can Google it. it and see if someone did <laughs> that already. someone take my idea? Yeah, or just do, like, the line. And so, did it, maybe it did appear somewhere yeah. else. But also, even if it did appear somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, how many brilliant writers have ripped off Shakespeare over the last 400 years? Right. You know, yeah. all of them. Yes. You know, <laughs> or, or the Bible. Or we all yeah. borrow things from other things. We make them our own. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I've done that. I've, I've got to, done writing projects that I did 10 years ago, mm-hmm. or maybe like, Especially in the television world, I've I've pitched a million shows. So oh gosh, every yeah. one of those show ideas is really was very developed at the time, and yeah. some I sold, and most I didn't. But every now and then I'll go back to to one and say, yeah. "Oh wow, this was, was a good this idea. was pretty good," or at least, or this part of it was good, or that yeah. character. Oh, the 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 funny neighbor in that pitch was good i should put them in something else you know is that was that hard for for doing television writing especially because you have to do it so much mm-hmm. and so frequently was it hard when your idea wasn't selected did you struggle with that oh at first oh yeah you know i mean nobody likes getting notes for one thing <laughs> you know Amen. right no one likes getting notes Directors, and, I don't even and know. yeah <laughs> i have never Never, ever, in everything I've done, has the next draft been worse than the previous one. Yeah. No matter how many stupid, <laughs> ignorant notes some network exec gave me, and I walked back to my office going, oh, they're ignorant. It's always better. Yeah. So, oh, right. you know, that's something you've got to acknowledge, that it's, you know. It's not personal. Um, 
Right, right. Okay. I mean, I don't like when my wife tells me to do things either, but some, but she's right. I should take out the trash. Is it, <laughs> you is know? It, in that situation, is it the notes or is it the act of rewriting the thing? That, that oh, it's the notes. It's the criticism. Yeah. Because you're, yeah. You, you, yeah. you want, you want to mommy perfect. to say you're, you're special and you're brilliant, you know, and not. <laughs> You know, you need yeah. to take a shower, you stink. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. I say a lot of that these days. Yeah. Could be the quarantine. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, it was so funny. Actually, just this morning, is uh, I was like kind of running late, and my wife said, you need to shave. And I said, I'm going to be wearing a mask. She's like, what is that thing? Oh, it's kind of weird now. Like, Right. Yeah, you know, everybody's like, it's this, so this portion is so covered. It's, yeah. Unless and you wear a kid mask like I'm doing today. It's clearly <laughs> way too small. Yeah. So most of the time I'm eating the fabric, which is great. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, whenever you can feel like a puppet while wearing a mask, that's uh-huh. always yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's horrible. And I, I totally understand the people who don't want to wear masks. I, you know. I don't think anyone wants to. No. I can't imagine that there's anyone who wants Mine's to. Mine's covering up some acne, though. I kind of like that. <laughs> right, right. It's nice. Um, so where I live in uh, Plain City, so I'm right next to Dublin, but yeah. um, you know, you go west mm-hmm. to or east to civilization, uh-huh. you, to Columbus, yeah. and you go uh, west to 1950 uh-huh. in Marysville. <laughs> yep. yep. You know, and I go to Rural King all the time, and I love Rural King. What is Rural King? It's exactly what it sounds like. That is one of the hardest words to say. It's kind of a lower rent tractor supply company. Rural King. Rural. Rural's a hard word. Rural. Rural. So when I go to Rural King, I am the only one wearing a mask other than the employees. Right, because they have to. Right. And uh, uh, it's also... I think it might as well just say Democrat. You know? <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, people give me looks. And one guy one yeah. day said, do you think that does you any good? And I said, oh, I hope so. I have AIDS. I took a step back. Oh, I really... heard somebody say that. It's like, it's like I well, I, I hope so. Because I, I woke up this morning with 102 fever, and I'm just not feeling real good. And Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. <laughs> it's something like, let's let bygones be bygones. Yeah. Give me a hug. Yeah, give me a hug. Oh, right. It, it, yes. Yes, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. You know? It does. Yeah. And, sex. and if, you know, I I tweeted out last night that uh, every one of the of Trump's shithole countries handled the virus better than we did. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like if, if only we were a shithole I country, <laughs> we would not have to wear these We'd stupid masks now. Where our kids could go back to school and there would be baseball games and you know we're not even a shithole country. <laughs> no. That's the thing. It's like right. just this idea that we're going to politicize mm-hmm. everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. You know. Yeah. Um, I went. So I was in college in San Francisco, um, kind of as the AIDS epidemic mm. was was starting. Yeah. And at the time, no one really knew what it was. They knew it was mm-hmm. gay men that were spreading it. And I, at San Francisco State, was a huge gay population. In fact, I had an internship in Harvey Milk's office. Oh, wow. Supervisor on a campaign. Um, and... 
there was this fear, and my parents were afraid for me that, you know, being in this, because we didn't know where we were, we were getting it. And, and, uh, uh, and if someone at that time said, and I'm sure people were, you can't make me wear a condom, you know, yeah. you'd be like, well, you are killing people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are potentially killing yeah. people yeah. because like this, people could have AIDS for years and never know it. Right. You know, yeah. and it, back then there weren't even good tests mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Um, so you just had to assume Everybody people had it. it. Right. Right. And yeah. so you you dealt with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it, it, it's a kind of a similar thing to me. It's like, mm-hmm. um, you know. Yeah, I spend 90% of my life in my house with my wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of opportunities for me right. to get sick. Yeah. But there are some. I go to the gas station. I go you to go Rural King. King. Yeah. You're good. And that's where you'll get it, is Rural King. Yeah, no, Rural King, I think I'm more likely to get mad cow disease. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think there's some carriers there. What is mad cow disease? It was literally a, a, a mad cow, a disease that that made uh, cattle go crazy and it infected their meat. I was in London once oh, wow. in the early two thousands, and there was they had stopped selling beef. You couldn't get beef. You'd go to a restaurant, no one was selling beef. Wow! And it was um, something like the cows were ingesting other like cow meat for some reason or like it was being fed to them through that's where it comes or, from right right yeah. because they would yeah. put bone meal in yes. their food thank you and yeah. so it was they were cannibalizing it, yeah. which is Gosh. what they do you know yeah. a lot of factory which, farms which you shouldn't be a cannibal just throwing it out uh, there but yeah. you know we it's... don't we don't want to disrespect your cannibal viewers <laughs> you can't that's tell right. me not to be a cannibal <laughs> God. I eat people that's right <laughs> well I've thought of it because I have Cannibalism? Chickens? Oh. No, I have backyard <laughs> chickens. And we really? I sometimes mix the, the shells of eggs mm. into their food because it, it's good for them, calcium-wise. Yeah. Huh. But I keep thinking of that. It's like, isn't that kind of like cannibalism? Yeah. Should I be yeah. feeding them? Their, I don't know. <laughs> or is that the equivalent of like people eating placentas? Yes, it I probably think that is, is that, too. Yeah. Which is also something I don't That's, endorse. But yeah. I, I, don't okay. <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I will defend your right to do it, I but I will yeah, not this participate. Is what is it? What's it? Oh, <laughs> it's supposed to be healthy. Yeah, it's loaded with, I don't know, good stuff. Yeah, I guess, but still, Some like more gummy vitamins. <laughs> right. I I was gonna comment on. I've seen it. I don't know. I'm gonna. Yeah. We're gonna just right. go beyond that. But well, apparently cockroaches are very healthy to eat. So, but There's still, no, no, you. thank you. Yeah. Well, I the, the thing the chickens love the most are mealworms. Uh, oh, mealworms. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I read someone uh, in one of these kind of blogs about chickens. I was looking for things, and someone said, uh, "Oh, whenever I feed them, I always pop a few in my mouth. They're very good for you." And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it it freaks, creeps me out just getting a handful yeah. of them from the chickens. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah, they're dead, aren't they? Yeah, they're dried. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, it's not well, the like, dog. Oh. The dog loves them. When I throw them yeah. out to the chickens, the dog chases the chickens away oh, so geez. she can eat them. So. <laughs> How many chickens do you have? Uh, let's see. There's six hens right now. Okay. We've had seven until recently. One of them, um, Colonel Sanders, was eaten. Um, 
I just love that we named the chicken kernels. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but now we we just got six chicks. Yeah. That are and and we so I think I have six. Last night we we had them early, late early in the evening had them outside. Yeah. And one of them ran off, and so I don't know if she's still around or not. Okay. Um, it turns out everyone loves the taste of chicken. So, like, <laughs> every animal will yeah. eat a chicken, you know. I mean, chicken's uh, delicious. And yeah. uh, so, between the raccoons and the coyotes and... Raccoons will, too? Oh, raccoons, raccoons are horrible. Raccoons are evil. assholes. Yeah. Oh, and they're adorable, but they, they don't actually eat the chicken they just kill the chicken so they'll you'll go out and find like a chicken without a head and the whole body oh will be gosh. sitting there what's the point they're just uh, they're just evil that yes they're horrible people yeah. or people wow. animals they're someone said that they they're after the food so they see the chicken as a threat to their uh, food got it. um yeah. now the coyotes that's where your chicken just disappears. You yeah. know, like, where'd it go? Gone. And then you'll yeah. find later under a bush somewhere the feathers and the bones. Yeah. To yeah. eat it. But um, fortunately, they're very cheap. I mean, you know, baby chicks are like, you know, 99 cents at Rural King. So, you know, um, you can always, they're replaceable. <laughs> yes. So, what? You use them for eggs, I assume. Yes. You're not gonna. We don't eat them. No. Okay. I mean that. I know that's a rather personal question. I'm well, sorry. the whole <laughs> and, and I'm just a, a wimp. I mean, I've, I I eat chicken. I just buy them at Giant yeah. Eagle, right? But um, uh, the uh, I should get money. I'm plugging so many shows. You are so stores. seriously. <laughs> King is gonna be like massively disappointed. <laughs> right. right. Chicks are gonna just fly off the. What do they fly off? <laughs> off the Coops? carts? Yeah, Cart yes. cartons? Boxes? The, uh, but uh, no, I don't. But also, when you raise them for eggs, yeah. you feed them differently than if you raise them for meat. And egg layers are much smaller than meat chickens okay. because of the way they feed them. Yeah. So you see, uh, like we went to the state fair uh, last summer <clears throat> and you know, walked through the the poultry area and yeah. the chickens were enormous yeah and yeah. and like little turkeys yeah they they're are, really yeah. really big whereas egg layers tend to be you know they're free range they run around all day so they're you know and they while i, I put food out for them but they mostly eat whatever bugs or yeah. whatever they find during the day uh huh. and they're actually really good for a very very few mosquitoes in my yard. Really? They eat, they eat all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. So that's good. My sister, actually, she lives in Ostrander, so not too oh, far from you. Oh, that's not far from me. Yeah. So she, they just got chickens. Mm. That's so much fun. She started keeping bees as well. Oh, neat. Yeah. And we had the conversation, and she said, I never felt so dumb. I didn't realize that chickens, because I said, do you have to have a rooster? She's like, they actually don't have to have that process to right. lay eggs. I was mind blown. <laughs> well, I had no it's funny because most people say that. In fact, yeah, my my sister in law said, you know, it's like, as a woman, yeah. you should understand right. that you make <laughs> eggs regardless. We yeah. did have that conversation. <laughs> right. It was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and, they just don't. And fertilized eggs. Yeah. 
if you are, as far as eating them, are no yeah. different than unfertilized eggs, right. because again, it's it's something that. Uh, now we, when our first batch of chickens, uh, there was a rooster in the batch. Not that we had ordered it, but yeah. it just so happened one of the chicks like an turned out to be a rooster in your HelloFresh box. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because when we first started, we were going to get five chickens. Okay. And then my daughter said, can we get six? Because I want to make sure all the, every chicken has a friend. <laughs> so I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. Chicken friends. She was, she was what, 10 at the time. Okay. We started this. She's yeah. almost 14 now. But, um, How so, do you say no to that? No. So I was, so, okay. all right, so I ordered six. And, and when we got them, I got them through this mail, where they mail them to you when they're a day old. So I guess wow. when chickens first hatch, hmm. they don't eat for 24 hours. So they have this That's window the where they can okay. send them. Really? So uh, I was talking about it one night at the Funny Bone on stage. And afterwards, a guy came up and he said, hey, if, if your daughter's expecting six chickens, you're gonna, you better order seven. You need an insurance chicken. And I said, oh, there's always a dead one in the box when they come in. Oh, gosh. And he said, so don't open the box in front of your kid. I've, yeah. You know, yeah. learn the hard way. Here they are. So I ordered uh, seven chickens. Yeah. So when they arrived, there were nine chickens and a little note from the hatchery saying, one or two always die, so we threw in a couple <laughs> insurance chickens. <laughs> there they are all insurance, insurance And I did not have a hen house big enough for them, oh, so I had gosh. to get another one. But anyway... <laughs> Um, insurance. Unfortunately, the first batch we got, it was like in March, and so mm -hmm. it was, and and two, three winters ago, whenever it was, was when you know we had this crazy cold winter mm -hmm. oh, like and it, that went on till May. Vortex, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So the idea of having them in uh, out in the garage was not going to. We had to move them onto the mud porch, and they are oh, filthy. I mean, chickens, they like. When they're little, they crap their body weight every day, every one of them. Holy and so God. it's just, every, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. So now this time around with the chicks, uh, that it's summer, it's easy. They're on the screen yeah. porch yeah. and, you know, they're fine. They mm -hmm. stay warm enough and they're okay. Um, oh, wow. But, yeah, so we have six adults and either five or six chicks we'll find out later today if that other one comes back oh my gosh yeah do you name them all we haven't named the new batch yet one of them is amelia Earhart, uh because uh <laughs> because at a very early like when it was didn't even have any feathers you mm -hmm. could see it trying to fly it kept like bouncing <laughs> up uh, you know and i was like she wants to fly Aww. and my daughter said Let's name her, name, name her Amelia Earhart. All right, that's a good name. <laughs> Colonel Sanders. They're, they're very bizarre. I mean, the names have no context to anything. Yeah. Um, one of our chickens is named Tegucigalpa just because my daughter was taking a geography class and we both found th that name funny. Where Tegu is that? Tegucigalpa is the capital of, is it Honduras, I think? Googling. Pretty sure it's Honduras, but it's just such That's a fun, fun thing to say. Yeah. Yes, I like that. To um, yeah, so it's not like they answer yep. to their name. Well, yes. Taguchi Galba. Yeah. Yep. Is it Honduras? Yep, Look Honduras. At that. I got something right. Yeah. Well done, you. 
I, I like forgot that. I have the, the globe well, on that's, my face that mask. Well, that was what I, right I found. Right around there. It's right here. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. What, how long do they live? In in our case, not long because the animals killed him. We've 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 only been doing this for a few years, but it would be wonderful if one dies of old age. I can't imagine that happening though. (laughs) They 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 get eaten. So uh, I think they lay. You know, it takes them about five months to start laying, Mm -hmm. and then I think they lay for three or four years. Okay. Um. Uh, and so what some people do is that after they stop laying, they switch them over to the meat diet so they yeah. can fatten them up and eat them. But yeah. I think, I'd say, I, I find it very unlikely that one of, one of them is going to live beyond her egg laying years. Yeah. They're, you know. That's hard. And we have a, and well, you know, it's been really good for my daughter because we moved here from California, um, from Los Angeles. Yeah. And part of getting chickens was I wanted her to have a Midwestern Ohio experience. <laughs> the corn so, game, you know, yeah. right, we have a couple of acres out there in Plain City. And, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I've always gardened to grow vegetables and stuff, but that was, and, and it's, it was good for her to deal with the, the, that first batch when a couple of them got picked off by yeah. predators to kind of deal with it. Yeah. You know, she, it, it, it's part she of got upset the first couple and yeah. now it's like when i say i think we lost the chicken okay. you know, yeah. right. although the life. worst part of the chicken one night i am mostly a a, a pacifist i i don't hunt yeah i eat meat so i'm glad other people yes. hunt for me but uh yeah one night there was a commotion going on out in the chicken coop and i went out there and there was a wreck there was like three dead chickens and oh. there was like this raccoon inside the hen house so I had a BB gun and I had, and it did nothing other than irritate it, you know, BB gun. <laughs> so it, it finally jumps out and like lunges at me and I hit it with the BB gun, which snaps in half. And Oh my gosh. Um, and my wife, who is far more pacifist than me, is like, kill it! Kill it! <laughs> you know? And so this thing, and I'm, I, I had a shovel, and so I ultimately ended up beating a raccoon to death with my shovel. Oh, wow. And just, it's like two in the morning, oh. and so, um, fortunately, I live on a fairly busy country road, so I know that I could just throw the raccoon yeah. on the side of the road, who would know? Right. So then I go back, and uh, as I'm, I go back to check on the living chickens, yeah. and I see that there is also a baby raccoon who's like clinging to the fence, oh, mortified. Oh gosh! And so at first I'm like going to try to shoo it away, and again, Tina, who would never hurt anything, she's like, "Kill it! You have to kill it!" <laughs> It knows where we live. Which <laughs> 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 makes sense, right? It's yeah. like it's gonna come back. Right, right. Eventually, it will be a big raccoon. Yes. That will come that's kill our that's how Batman started. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so so then Did I had to ki- kill a baby raccoon with my shovel. Oh my gosh! It was just horrible. Oh it was man! 
going, oh my god, it was like for, for days I like, was like, who, who am I? Did you go back to sleep after that? No, it was hard. <laughs> back to drinking. Uh, <laughs> look at yourself in the mirror and go, I don't know who you are. Yes, yes. Is this recent? No, that, well, when was it? That was during quarantine. A year and a half okay. ago, a year ago. It took me, um, Four or five versions of chicken coops to, before I got one that is predator proof. Okay. Now, now, now I, I mean, I, I hate to jinx it, but um, knock on plastic wood, whatever this is. It's woodish. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So um, you're sort of protected. <laughs> yeah. So now it's it's in. It seems to be. It just took a while. You real you don't realize. I mean, for one thing, raccoons are like monkeys. You know, they have those yeah. like yeah. hands. They can they'll yeah. open fence gates. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, they reach through the chain link. Yeah. I mean, they're so psycho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's yeah. Except we, I think we have it figured out. But it's amazing. <laughs> you have, yeah. And you have a dog. I have a dog. What does the dog think of the chicken? Oh, she uh, she loves tormenting the chickens. She has no desire to eat one, or, yeah. but she loves chasing them, especially if they're ever, like when I'm feeding them treats and they're all like in a flock. Mm-hmm. She loves like just... To run straight into them. Right. You know, like when you see like yeah. pigeons in a park and yeah. your kid wants to go run, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. fun for everybody. Who doesn't like that other than the birds? Uh, yeah, so she... And then the chicks... Which are on our screened porch, which sometimes she pass, goes to get outside. Um, it's very funny because she will just, they're in like a big, uh, like, tub uh, yeah. that was, you know, I got a Earl King. That, that was something <laughs> you would probably feed horses in or this yeah. sort of thing. And so Posey, the dog, will just go and kind of hang her head over it and look Aww. at him and it just <laughs> freaks the chickens out. <laughs> She's like so mellow. She has no desire to hurt them. Just likes watching them. Yeah. It's entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So we're hoping to get another dog at some point here. Would you like a puppy? Oh, yeah. What kind of puppy? She's a poodle. She's great. We love her. Oh. <laughs> Is it, it's like a, what kind of poodle? She's a standard. Oh, nice. So our dog is a Australian Shepherd Standard Poodle mix. Mm. Oh, wow. Which I w- like saying better than what they call her breed, which is Aussie Doodle, which makes it sound like... Ugh. No. <laughs> it, there was a... When we were looking, because I'm allergic to, well, basically everything. So right, Poodle right. is just about... Without getting a hairless breed. Right. No, no that's why you, we, we originally went for the yeah. doodle dog, because they don't, yeah. And that was, we looked into, like, the golden doodle, but if there's too much golden in there, <laughs> uh, I would still be no, allergic still, to okay. it. So, we're looking online for different breeds, and there was a Lassapu, the Lassapso okay. with the poodle. Right. But when my kids looked at it, they didn't really see it, so they said, is that... I has a poo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that I think they need to make a breed of I has a poo. Yeah. So I has a poo. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because you see, uh, there's this free newspaper called the County Classifieds, which is like the rural counties and people. It's like again, yeah. it's like 1950. It's right. like oh, remember when there were want ads? Well, oh, there gosh. still are in Union County. It's so strange. Um, 
but they they're always advertising for dogs. Okay. You know. Yeah. And so people, no one wants to say their dog is a mix or a mutt. Yeah. So they put the words together and right. make up make something. something. Um, but also, so so my daughter wants an, another dog, mm-hmm. and honestly, our dog could use another dog yeah. to chase her around yeah. so I don't have to do it all day. I mean, she wants to play all day long. You know, she's yeah. seven years old, but Aww. still wants to run all day long. Right. Um, so we've been looking at like rescue places yeah. and stuff. And the other day I looked, saw this ad for a six-year-old dog that okay. needs a new home. Okay. And then it was said $500 and it's like, no, when you need to get rid of your dog, you just find a good home for yeah. it. You don't get to sell it. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's like... At age five, too. Right. Like, why did it take you this long to... Right. I mean, it's, I re- you know, remember you'd usually say, you know, free to good home or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the farm. Right. So there is yeah. a, a rescue place in Plain City called Canine Companion that has a very cool dog that we saw mm-hmm. called a Blue Tick Coonhound, which oh, is yeah. like a uh-huh. very cool looking dog. Yeah. And uh-huh. she's like four. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're actually going to go see it tomorrow and hopefully we can go. Uh, well, you know that's where it ends. Like, start looking at pictures. Oh, God, I yeah. mean, that's... I mean, I remember, I, before this dog, I had a Vishla, you familiar uh-huh. with them? Those gorgeous, gorgeous dog. Yeah. yeah. And awesome dog yeah. and just and at the time i was single in fact i was it was when i was riding on ellen okay and my girlfriend was saying you need to get a dog and i said oh, i don't really want a dog i kind of like yeah being able to just go to vegas when uh, i want to yeah. or whatever you know and uh doesn't that sound nice right? i know <laughs> going yeah. anywhere and doing anything just, right just now. getting on a plane i know yeah. um so she bought me this book that had every dog breed in it. Yeah. And I, because I had never seen a Vishla at that point, right. I said, okay, I'll get a Vishla yeah. just because I thought that would shut her up, you know? And then like a month later, she said, oh, there's Vishla puppies, like yeah. two miles from here. Let's go look at them. Done. And so we go out and they were still just a few weeks old. And, you know, we sit down and they're, they, one by one they come out of their box and this one came and like immediately crawled into my lap and fell asleep and i was like god (laughs) damn it (laughs) that's your dog now (laughs) and that was when we were because we did the corn puppy thing Uh, so we got our dog um end of april oh we started looking at the beginning we kind of talked about it like maybe we should get another one let's just look that's where it ends you cannot start looking no you know, it, it, you see the picture of this thing. It's like, oh my gosh! Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And my daughter, she's she'll be thirteen. Oh, oh my okay. gosh! Dear Lord, next month. So she'll be um, in eighth grade this year. Seventh. Seven. Okay. Yeah, she's on that older cusp. She'll okay. Be August birthday. So. Okay. Yeah, my daughter turns fourteen the end of July, so she'll she's a freshman. Freshman. This year. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. What a weird year it's gonna be. It's so weird, and it was. Oh, she is very mellow and, you know, not very low drama, which is... That's beautiful. Very Keep that. Lucky. I know. Let's see how long <laughs> it, hang, it hangs on. Um, 
She, uh, you know, she still thinks I'm an idiot, but well, that's yeah, fine. That's, yeah. that's going to continue for at <laughs> least four always, more years. Actually, I got to say, when she was two, three, whatever it was, we were, like, working on our counting and stuff. Yeah. And so one night I'm counting, and we say 17, 18, 19, and I said, what comes after 19? And she said, that's okay, Daddy, I don't know either. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's kind of how I think of her attitude her entire life is that I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's amazing. It, it, racing daughters. Ben's Ben's just starting oh, in this man. phase. Racing daughters is something like no other. Having yeah. a boy and then having a daughter, like, I mean, my little, my boy, I mean, he's just sweet. He's yeah, like a puppy. He loves just cuddling and mm-hmm. snuggling and being totally awesome, having fun. My daughter is just like, one minute she's like that, the next minute it's just like, no. It is cold, <laughs> cold, cold. And then, yeah, then just turns it around. Yeah, she's, yeah. Do you remember the, um, I mean, this was more like our growing up, the, mm-hmm. the Animaniacs cartoon. Mm-hmm. And there was a character on it called Katie Kaboom. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what I think of uh, my daughter's uh-huh. Because it's like, everything's fine, and then one little thing, and she flips into this monster, like the house is on fire. <laughs> and then somebody says something, oh, I was just hungry. Uh-huh. And everything goes back to work. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. 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 She'll, uh... Now, I gotta say, the, by far the best thing about this virus is that Marianne has been forced to be my friend. You know, we we watch, we we binge watch The Walking Dead, and yeah. now we're rewatching Stranger Things. Yeah, and uh, it's great. Yeah, you know, but but she spends most of her time in her room, and you know, it's funny. I'll go up and knock on her door, and usually she'll be she'll open the door, but every now and then it's like, what? <laughs> You're like, I'll come back. I bumped in your door. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Is she wanting to be back with people, or she has no, she kind of embraced she, this? No, she is. Um, I mean, I was, I, I was kind of a shy kid too. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. People don't understand that performing is not the same as being a right. functioning human being. Mm-hmm. Performing is. I'm not. I don't actually have to listen to other. You know, I yeah. do my thing. Um, but she, so she kind of likes, prides herself on being antisocial, although okay. she really isn't. I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> so she has a fairly small group of friends, three or four. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I kind of have to force her to go do, do a bike ride with them or something, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she, you know, I said, I said, are you kind of bummed that you're not going to, really have a freshman year you right. know probably the first semester at least is probably going to be at home yeah and she's like no it's great i don't have to talk to anyone you know, <laughs> but uh so i try we try to you know we have I mean, the reason we moved here is because my wife's family is here and so she has cousins here yeah so she has some interaction with them but, yeah um no it's you know it's so funny i was saying I, I did a radio show up in Marion, and they're like, oh, that, you know, that's horrible that she's not going to experience her freshman year. And I said, did you enjoy your freshman yeah, year in high school? I don't remember that at all. All I remember uh-huh. is that everyone else 
looked like they were uh-huh. already men and I was still I was a child. Yes. I was tiny. Uh-huh. I was I weighed like ninety pounds and mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't even had the privilege of getting zits yet. You know, I was I was a child. <laughs> and and there were guys in my who had mustaches. Right. You know, that oh, was, yeah. yeah. That's scary. No. Yeah. That we went to the same high school. Yeah. There oh which were, one? Gahanna. Okay. And there there were so many of us that year, the school could not hold us. Mm. We had so, the largest class up to that point, and then the yeah. next year they shattered that number too. But it wow. was like, I think our freshman year was like it was close to six hundred, wasn't it? I think it was more than. I thought it was more than that. Whoa. Something like yeah, that. it was crazy. They had to yeah. create a separate schedule for us. Okay. Which might I think that was actually really good. Yeah. Um. So we came later than everybody else, and we mm. stayed later than everybody else. We had lunch away from everybody else. Huh. So in a partially it, it softened just, it up a bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's still awful. <laughs> I mean, it's high school, right? Yeah, high school, <laughs> yes. You know, I yeah. laugh when people say, you know, oh, these are the best years of your life. It's like yeah, I hope like, not. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's as good as it gets. No. <laughs> so no. My, yes. No. <laughs> I just say it gets better. <laughs> yeah. It's college. Right. Yeah. No. It, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, not high school. Like junior year, there are there are people, and there are people that that high school was the best years of their life, and I pity them. I mean, I remember going to, I haven't gone to many reunions, yeah, um, Yeah. but I remember going to a reunion, and that was my my thought. I was sitting with a couple friends who were also dorks in high school, and we all have fun, fabulous lives and careers and everything. And uh, this one woman who was very cool, she designs, or back then anyway, designed plush toys for, uh, I forget the name of the big Dakin, I guess the big plush toy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that's such a cool job. But she said, that's why I was pissed when I found out you were coming, because comedy writers better than plush toy designers. (laughs) But we were saying, you know, there was this table of, like, who were the cool kids in high school. And she said... High school really was the best years of their life, wasn't it? Yeah. You look at it and you're like, yeah. totally yeah. was. To it's been that. downhill for them yeah. since 18. <clears throat> you know, yeah. at 18, I was still 10 years away from thinking yeah. my right. life was going well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. At our 10 year reunion, like all the cool girls showed up in a limo together from the cool girls from high school all showed up in a limo together. It was like, Wow, that's, I mean, everybody else is there with their jobs and their families and their husbands, wives, kids, and they're like, we all show up together. Yeah. I don't really yeah. remember because we got a big group together and just got <laughs> plastered before the reunion, yeah. so I don't remember. Well, you know, I moved away from the Bay Area pretty soon after, certainly after college. Yeah. yeah. And didn't, so. There's there's a certain there's something really good about being someone who has gone away because yeah. you don't you don't have the obligation to go right. back. You right. have a great excuse that's naturally built in. Right, and 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 people treat you a kind of like a celebrity. Are you going to come? Oh, Aww. Mike Larson's going to be there this time. <laughs> you know, but it was so. It was remarkable how many of, of the guys who were doing the job their dad did. Mm-hmm. They were a son of a cop who were a cop, or they were yeah. a firefighter, or they worked in the auto dealership, or, mm-hmm. and it was like, man, did you, 
I love my dad. I didn't want yeah. to be my dad. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wanted yeah. to be very right. different than my yeah. dad. Yeah. You know. Huh. And it was and it was amazing how you know you'd say, "Hey, what are you doing?" Oh, you know, cop. You know, like it's like. Duh. <laughs> oh, right. right, I forgot your dad yeah. was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's well, awesome. That's it, funny because my sister's doing what my dad did. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I know people, especially if you have like a family business, I get that. You run the grocery store right, or whatever, but, but, but. Not the exact. But it's like, yeah. Yeah. Do you do that in something else? Right. Maybe? Hobbies? What you do? I right. Right. That's <laughs> weird. Uh, it's funny, I had. Ran into someone. This has nothing to do with high school. I don't know why I remember this, <laughs> but just because I said assholes. This comedian, <laughs> one of the first comedians I ever opened for, was just so, just a jerk to me. He was just this horrible guy, and and I I I kind of always used him as like my reference of what not to be. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, well, first of all, there's a lot of people in comedy who are just so miserable, and it's like if you're not having fun doing comedy, don't you're do doing it, it wrong. Right. It, it, yeah. So, years later, I was writing on uh, Two Guys and a Girl, ABC show, and we were on, on the lot, and we yeah. were walking to a, a run-through or whatever, and I see him, this comic, who's there for an audition or whatever, and yeah. uh, he's like, hey, Larson, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm uh, a writer on Two Guys and a Girl, and he goes, ah, isn't it funny who makes it? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> What does what that mean, man? Thing, right. <laughs> so then, Who says that? I know. <laughs> I guess I'll take any more wise days. So then, like, uh, maybe two weeks later, I'm I was I was one of the, one of the I was a co-executive producer, which is the, the level below exec producer. But I yeah. always sat in on casting on producer sessions. With, yeah. And so we're doing this producer questions. I looked in the list of who we're going to see and the, oh the names. And uh, I was, I guess, so I told the casting director that story. And and uh, she said, well, he's not going to get the job. And I said, honestly, if he's the best, yeah. I'll, I'll pass him on. Right. But, but I'm hoping he's not the <laughs> best. <laughs> wow. So uh, he walks in and he sees me and he goes, hey, Mike, how are you? And I said, I'm good. It's funny who makes it, doesn't it? And he's like, are you the producer? And I was like, yeah, I, I'm who you're auditioning for. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he, was not, he was fine, but he clearly right. wasn't the best. So oh it, was, it was great. But that had to have felt good, though. Oh, it did. Yeah. It like, honestly, even when he said that, it kind of felt good. Uh -huh. Because it's like, yeah. you're acknowledging that I've made it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wait, but that emphasizes i just taught um high schoolers for the last two weeks uh doing like a virtual acting class oh, great. Which, which you know that's weird um brilliant though and it we emphasize the point we had a couple of guest speakers that work in film and tv uh -huh. that work on broadway to talk to them about the industry and some right. taping and each of them said like be kind you never know who you're gonna run into? Oh this my is god! In, that unwritten arts. resume, man. So oh much. man! Yeah, especially yeah. in the entertainment business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you how many benefits, whether it's a job or whatever, uh -huh. was because when I went into the interview, the executive was the assistant mm -hmm. at some agency ten yep. years ago, and I was nice to them. Yep. In yeah. fact, this one woman who's. Uh, she might even be the head of development at ABC now. I don't know, but uh, she was the 
assistant to a guy at 20th Television mm -hmm. years ago who was just an ass, and I had an overall deal with them. And I would show up for a meeting, and he would always make me wait uh -huh. like 40 minutes. And I asked her, I said, he's not doing anything in there, right? And she's like, no, he just does this. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And it was like, I'm sorry for you. Yeah. You, you, this is, I can imagine how yeah. he treats us. I mean, yeah. I'm a writer-producer on an overall deal. You're his assistant. I can only imagine how he treats you. So then, you know, years later, I had lost track of her. I don't doubt I even remembered her name. And I went in to pitch a show at ABC. Yeah. And she's like, Mike, I'm so glad to see you on my on my schedule today. And you were the only writer who treated me like a human being. Wow. She's like, everyone else would they wouldn't even acknowledge that I was in that room with them. Oh, um and so, you know, I sold a couple yeah. pilots because I mean not entirely, but that was certainly right. got got me a, a boost. Yeah. yeah. Just being a human being. Seriously. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's almost like being it's nice. It's so much easier. It's so much easier. It's shocking to me. And I remember my freshman year of college going into the theater program at Otterbein. One of the professors said, you don't get anywhere in this industry by being nice. You have to fight your way to the top. And I'm like, mm, I get the fighting the way to the top. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. Think not being nice <laughs> right. while you're teaching and not acting. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, no, no, and, and yes, there are people, and I've certainly worked with celebrities who were nasty people, but yeah. the best ones were nice. In right. fact, I, I spoke at a at a middle school last year, and uh, they wanted to know about the famous people I'd worked with. Unfortunately, they're in middle school, so the people that I work with, they don't, <laughs> they don't know. I work with, yeah. you know, Whoopi Goldberg, you know, Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, it's so like, sad. She's the most famous person on earth. Are you kidding me? You know, she was on Star Trek. Right. right? I mean, Drew Carey, they didn't know. Ellen, they kind of knew. Yeah. Um, Ryan Reynolds, they knew because yeah. of uh, uh, yeah. Deadpool. Yeah. But, but anyway, they were saying, uh, you know, who was the nicest? Who were the, and I was, I, I, it was so easy to talk about people like Drew Carey, who is a saint of a human being, or <laughs> That's Ryan heard. Reynolds. They're really, really nice yeah. people. Yeah. Um, but then they said, "Well, who is the worst person you work with?" And I said, "Oh, I don't. Nope. I don't talk about uh, any bad experience. I, I, I just don't do that." So then someone said, "Did you work with Reba McIntyre?" And yeah. And they said, "Can you tell us about her?" And I said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, there's one. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, remember my rules? Okay. I don't talk about Reba. I, I don't talk about Brett Butler. I know there's a few people I don't talk about. <laughs> she was a piece of work anyway, wasn't she? Oh, that was, so that was my very first job in television. Oh my gosh. Was writing on Grace Under Fire. And she, it was horrible. She, she like, I mean, blatantly sexually harassed me from the day I got there. I mean, oh, wow. and it's why since then I have done work with sexual abuse, sexual harassment, people yeah. because I, it's like, I got it as a goofy guy. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine as a beautiful woman working mm -hmm. and being harassed, you know. Um, so she had done this throughout her career, and there was all these stories of her right. doing things, even to the point the previous season there was the the boy who played her son on the show um it was his 
14th birthday and they had a cake on the stage mm -hmm. and she said uh, hey you're a man you want to feel what a want to know what a woman feels like and she took his hand and put it under her skirt oh my gosh and it's her his parents like pulled him from the yeah, show I they remember there was a sued Carsey Warner there was like this big five million dollar settlement and oh everything my gosh. um but you know you should go to jail for that uh -huh. you, you, yeah. yeah so she the first day I mean I had known had known her a little bit through stand-up comedy but yeah so my first day there um she uh came into my office and she said, hey, you know, nice to meet you. And you know, you're always excited, meeting the star. Right. This is great. Yeah. And uh, she said, hey, I want to show you something. And she pulls up her shirt. She said, I just got my tits done. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and she goes, come on, touch them. They, they're the good ones. They feel real. And I said, oh, I don't know. My dad always said, never touch the boss's tits. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she kind of laughed it off and oh went away. God. And I was like, oh, well, that was weird. But I just figured, you're, she's hazing the new guy. I, I'm, I have no problem. You know, that's whatever. And so I mentioned it to my to the boss, to the showrunner. And he was yeah. like, oh, man. Oh, well, hopefully she doesn't keep doing that. And I was like, oh, whatever. It's just, you know, and he's so... Then, I mean, it got to the point where this was 96, so yeah. it was before cell phones. So um, I had just, I, I was just going through a divorce at that time. And uh, there was this woman I started dating and she had called and left a message for me. And they yeah. put it on this little cork board where we got yeah. our messages. Right. Yeah. And Brett saw it and called the woman and said, you got to stay away from Larson. He's mine. Oh, my gosh. And so this woman, thank, fortunately, this woman worked in television and knew the Brett Butler story. Yeah. And so she called said, oh, my God, Brett called me. But then another, she, like, stole my, went into my office and stole my wallet and car keys. She used to call me at night. It was, so it, it eventually got to the point. If, oh, so then one night. We're doing a taping, and we would tape in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. And and the show at that time was a top ten show. Yeah. Gretchen Fire was huge, yeah. and so we yeah. would get these audiences mostly of tourists, people from the Midwest and the South. Yeah. Usually, yeah. older white people would show up on a bus, right? Yeah. And uh, and you know, Brett would want to go warm up the crowd, and we would do whatever we could to try to keep her off the microphone because we're like, we don't want people to know who you are. We, yeah. you know, they, they they like you. Right. Yeah. Let's keep that so going. she's up with her talking or doing her thing, and then she said, uh, she's pointing out people on stage, and then she gets me, see that guy there? That's Larson. He's my new writer. And he, he's either going to fuck me or he's fired. And these old Ooh. people are like, it's just dead silence. Oh, my gosh. And Tom Werner, who was one of the owners of the studio, Percy yeah. Werner, yeah. was standing next to me, and he said, uh, please don't sue us. <laughs> And, and I kind of oh laughed it off, but it was like it was just <sighs> constant. This so for so because of that though, at the end of the season, they had me on a two year deal, and the the showrunner left the show to go run Ellen and wanted me to go with him, and, and it was like at that point yeah. the hottest <laughs> show yes. on television. Yeah. Okay, bye. A huge <laughs> thing, and, and was pretty sure Ellen was not going to sexually harass me. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we were trying to get out of my deal, and and the studio was saying no, we we want Mike to stay, oh and so gosh. I 
told my agent, I said, please contact Tom Werner. Yeah. And he will understand yep. that there is another avenue I can take I don't want to take. Yeah. Certainly don't want to be the guy who sued someone for sexual harassment. I just right. want to right. be a writer. And that's the thing. You know, people complain, you know, say, oh, you know, someone comes forward 20 years later or something. Why didn't she say it at the time? And it's like, because the abuser doesn't get to set your schedule. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, no. You, no. You, you, yeah. you, you, you don't want to. And, and like the Harvey Weinstein thing, these were young actors who finally got a huge break. Yep. And, and yes, maybe they put up with it to get in their first movie, but they're... They deserve that career. They're still a yeah. victim. Really, yeah. and, and they still wouldn't have gotten it if they weren't good at what they did. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? And, and it's like... Uh, it, it's like nobody should have to be... To be and and, and if, when you bring something up, you then become known as that person. Yeah. Yeah. The person who, who you know, got sexually harassed, so therefore... They didn't deserve any success. Yeah. That whatever it was, you know. Yeah. Further victimizing. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And and in my case, um, I had a, a a really good agent at the time, who's now my manager, um, who was able to make use of that because Brett's mm. behavior was famous. Yeah. And so I was just a young. When, when you're a first-year writer in Hollywood, they call you a baby writer. So I was still a baby writer. Yeah. And, um, and it, pretty late, I, mean, I didn't get my first job until I was 36. So that's pretty late for yeah. a comedy writer. Um, but he was able to use that. He was calling every studio in town saying, you've got to hear Mike's story about Brett Butler. Yeah. You know, And he was the one who encouraged me to tell it. He said, you own that. Yeah. She did that to you. Mm-hmm. You own that story. Use yeah. it. You know, in fact, the final week of the season, um, the studio had hired a bodyguard for Brett, um, mostly to protect her from her, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the last week of the season, I'm, I, I lived really close to the studio. I used to walk to work. And I come out of my house one day, and I see Carl, who's the, the bodyguard for the studio. And so my first thought is, oh, shit, is Brett around yeah. somewhere? And he yeah. said... <laughs> He said, I'm going to be with you this week. And I was like, why? Oh, no, the studio just thought it would be a good idea. And so I was like, did she, she threaten my life? Yeah. And he said, no, but she did buy a gun. <laughs> so the oh, studio boy. has hired someone else to be with her, and they want me to be with you. And I was like, oh, that's oh, my gosh. Holy cow. weird to just be a comedy writer on a stupid yeah. sitcom. But, yeah, it was. Uh, wow. And, in fact. The showrunner had the the PAs a, a few weeks earlier that whenever Brett walked into the office that we yeah. were at, everyone in the outer office was instructed to say, Hi, Brett! Really loud so that I could sneak out the back door. Oh, my gosh. So what was, a nightmare. It was like That's, Norm from Cheers. Yeah. You know? yeah. It was funny. I'm, I'm laughing at it, but inside it's like, God, this messed up. So, yeah. And yet, again, I mean, I was 36. I'd been a comic all these yeah. years. and never made, This was my big break. Right. Yeah. You know, in fact, I used to tell when Brett was doing it. I was like, Brett, God damn it, man. I'm a comic who's finally making a paycheck. Come on, let me do my job. Yeah. I'm good at this. I'm yeah. really good yeah. at this. Yeah. yeah. You know. 
But because oh, they finally shut it down because so of her, one more they? season that didn't even get completed. Yeah. And I know a lot of my friends were on that, and that was where you know she threw like a full coke can at the head of the showrunner. Um, she she had gone, you know, she was a a pretty serious drug addict, did heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, I used to say, you know, Brett was a heroin addict, and that's the only good thing I can say. <laughs> 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 Everything else was a negative. <laughs> um, but you know, wow. it was just. More and more erratic, you know, wow. to the point. And, and part of it was, uh, you know, mental illness, uh, yeah. which, you know, I, I feel for her, her yeah. for. Right. But, um, in fact, they're saying that uh, we binge-watched The Walking Dead, and Brett had a, did oh. a season of that. Okay. And she was really good at it. Yeah. Um, played a crazy lady. Um, but uh, <laughs> but i got to say, even watching those episodes made me really uncomfortable. It was... And I told Marianne, I said, that's my daughter. It's like, that was the, she had heard the story. So that was the woman who like tortured me for a season. You know? Wow. Um, but it was just very weird even seeing her. And then, yeah. so maybe five years ago, I got a phone call from someone who worked for Brett and said yeah. that Brett wanted to meet me for lunch so she could apologize. Mm. And I said, uh, I don't need an apology, but will you just share this with Brett? She sh- you shouldn't be making this call. Right? Yeah. yeah. You, you want to apologize? Yeah. The phone. <clears throat> right. yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, felt, that would feel like a setup, I think. Oof. Right. Yeah. And, and I know he didn't say it, but I know the assistant was probably thinking that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> you know. What a mess. Wow. Yeah. That's messed up. That is messed up. I didn't mean for you to... Talk about something only when you don't like them. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. And, and, and I, I say I acknowledge it's story. that it was, but it was, it it ended up helping my career. I mean, yeah. I, it, yeah. because I, yeah. you have an interesting story to tell, you know, yeah. but yeah. I mean, you don't want that story to tell, probably. No, no, nobody no. Really wants and that. you have, you know, I, I also, you know, my other life working in, in politics, you know, yeah. when I was on Capitol Hill, there were quite a few like members of Congress who kind of have those reputations yeah. and you would yeah you, you would hear those stories so often and it was again the people working there it was like yeah. their dream job yeah. yeah and and you know you're on the hill yeah I mean right I want to do the thing yeah in fact when we would hire and the woman I worked for Jackie Spears just awesome and one of my best friends but um uh when we would hire people away from other offices mm-hmm. if they were from one of those abusive offices mm-hmm. they, they were like choice people to get yeah. you're like they're going to be so happy here yeah you know yeah we're going to work long hours and she's a demanding boss but yeah. she, she is a nice human being right. yeah. you know? a joy to work with that's, yeah i mean that's what makes me so sad is that instead of solving the problem we just and right. we right. <laughs> move away from it yeah and that's it never gets solved yeah it's, wow, this just went dark. No. <laughs> just, there are just those people who just cannot handle power. They're so, I mean, yeah. you know, our, our president is like, the, the, you know, this person who was given this r- remarkable opportunity. Oh, my God, yeah. you get to be the leader of the free world. Yeah. Think yeah. of all the cool things we, any of us would do. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like, you 
Really? You chose to just instead yes. fight your petty battles and, uh-huh. and golf all the time? How yeah. do you? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. We could go on for hours well, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, you're so much fun. Oh, <laughs> well, nice to meet you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. This, was, this has been great. Well, I mean, we'll have to do this again. Yes. Maybe someday without face masks. I would love yeah. that. <laughs> that would so be nice. So wear your mask yeah. so that we can have this without face masks know, next time. Thank yeah. you, PSA. Yeah. Sorry, yep. that's where a speak easily stands on yeah. face masks. Don't be a plague rat. Oh yeah. My gosh. yeah. I did. So. I, I posted yesterday. Ben saw it in my Kroger that we we both use. Every single person. Every single person had a mask. Now you get a little bit of the the, the, the nose the out kind of thing, thing. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. I mean, you know what? Sometimes they don't stay on, and that's no, fine. Right. No, we know, had uh, but... my giant eagle yesterday. I I there was I, maybe one or two people. What's remarkable for me is that usually the people I find that don't have them are like old people. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like the people who are like severely risk. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm protecting you. Right. You are not protecting you. I don't need your protection. I'm yeah. fine. Okay, fine. Oh, if fine. I can make a record. <laughs> Check yeah. out uh, Chad Goes Deep. Chad Goes Deep. Uh, it sounds like a porn. Friends of mine, right. Okay. They're, they're, um, um, they're hilarious. Uh, these guys, Chad and JT, they're both com- young comics. Okay. And they do these videos where they do like man on the street things. Yeah. So the most recent one is about wearing masks where they, and it's Wait, hilarious. are these guys on, on the like, beach? on the beach? Yes. yes. Oh, oh my God, that. that I amazing. did see that. that was oh, okay. Well, it's Tom, also horrible. Tom, <laughs> the guy who plays Chad, is yeah. a very good friend of mine. His uncle is, is a close friend of mine. Um, oh, it's awesome. And what's so great about those guys, they're so positive. Yeah. Everything yeah. they do. And it oh, is, yeah. it is so sweet. hard to do comedy and be positive yes. and yes. not be sarcastic. I mean, yeah. sarcasm is so easy. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, no. Oh. It's great. They yeah. were so sweet. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. Right. Lo- Chad, Chad goes deep. Not yeah. porn, but check it out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Aw. Well, I, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing. And yeah, we'll do this again. Cool. Do you, want, do you want to sign us off? Sure. On camera? Oh, on camera? Off camera? Off camera? Do you, you want me to puppet you while we do it? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, I like how you got the, okay, yeah, you got the proper puppet fingers and everything, I've too. I've done this before. Yes. Uh, hey, if, uh, if you like what you hear, find us on Facebook. That's kind of our primary landing page for everything uh, related to the show. You can ask questions, suggest guests, uh, tell us how much you love us, or the other yeah, alternative. Please err on the side of love. Uh, love is good, and we need lots of love in the world. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it find us on Instagram as well. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes to download previous episodes. Uh, and if you like what you hear, remember sharing is caring. Uh, and no matter what, watch out for the bath salt zombies. But wear wear a mask. Put the mask on. Get this over with. Yeah. I'm so tired of wearing this dumb thing. (laughs) Love ya. Love ya. Bye. Boxland Media. Think big.